0: Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Happy Monday. Welcome or welcome back to the kingdom. It's lovely to be here as always. It's a good week. It's the first day of February, but it's also the first day of Black History Month as I'm recording this. So, shout out Black History Month. February is honestly one of my favorite months. There's Valentine's Day. It's Black History Month. Everything just feels right. There's the Grammys. That's always a good time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm i happy that it's February for some reason. I think that I see a lot of people say January went by really fast. I don't feel that way, but I think maybe if I really like look back, I'll be like, okay, yeah, maybe that was fast, but I kind of felt like January went by at a normal pace, honestly to me it felt like the 31 days dragged on. That's just how I feel, I wanna know how you guys feel. Do you think January was fast, slow, or just like the perfect timing? I think it was just the perfect timing for me especially. I'm going to be answering your questions in this episode. I do these whether once a month or once every two months, I'm not sure. I haven't decided on the rhythm yet, but I love when I get to hear from you guys and just kind of give you advice and tips and stuff like that. You know, sometimes I give unsolicited advice and I'm just like, really, who asked? But this time when you guys ask, <laughs> because I asked you to ask me, is that like, is that, is that a little bit narcissistic that I'm just like, ask me? So I can help you. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I genuinely want to help you. Um, and sometimes I feel like I have some good things to say. Okay? I'll be the first to say it. Just kidding. <laughs> I feel like I have some good things to say. So I feel like, let's do this. But yeah, I was on my way to a... I got all dressed up for like a Black History Month, Black Entrepreneurs Panel at... um. A fashion school here in New York City and I signed up for it and then you know today was the day to go and I kind of was like okay I'm gonna go and then I kind of stayed in the couch too long and then I realized that I actually don't want to go like none of the people speaking really excite me and so I was mainly going because I thought it would be a chance to network with like other black entrepreneurs And then I realized whenever I go to these black entrepreneur things, God is never mentioned in any of it. Um, It's all very by my might. And so, I mean, it's good to know like what strategies people use in their business. But I just feel like, I don't know if there's just no mention of God. I just feel a little, a little wary of. Of the advice because it can be very you know a little bit worldly just not what i'm trying to really go for especially when i feel like what i'm doing is something that god has called me to i need a little bit of a different perspective on it and so yeah those are all the reasons i ditched the panel networking event i signed up for and now i'm talking to you guys a way better use of my time also lucas said why would you go And listen to girls talk about their social media careers. And you've had record podcasts on your to-do list all week. And you haven't done it. Um, The call is coming from inside the house. So that was honestly amazing advice. I was like, wow, you're right. I should probably just focus on myself. And I listen to a lot of podcasts about like you know, building business and stuff. So I feel like I already kind of know what they're going to say. Anyway, that's not even the point. But honestly, what is the point? It's a podcast. There's usually no point. Like, you should not really even be be listening to this, but you are. And I love you for it. But you could do without it, you know? There's no point. (laughs) No, but there is a point to this one specifically because, you know, I'm answering you guys' questions, so you should tune in. And maybe if you didn't send in a question, you probably have something that you want to, you know, something you relate to in this. So let's go. Let's welcome an exile things this week. Guys, I am so excited to tell you this. I know what I'm welcoming. Normally, when I sit here, maybe I've written down what I'm welcoming, but there's just just one strong welcome on my heart this week, a very strong one, and it's Texas barbecue. I discovered the beauty of Texas barbecue this past week. I was just in Texas with Lucas. Lucas's um, half of his family, the other side of his family is in texas they're all in texas he has a huge honestly way more people in texas than in california but a lot of them honestly none of them were able to make the wedding so we went to just kind of say hi i'd never met them i would have met them at the wedding but i didn't and so this was a way for me to kind of meet them it was really nice of lucas to want to introduce me to them and make my way around i met all his not all, but most of his on no most of his cousins um aunt uncle, his grandparents, so it was fun, and I used to say that I don't like barbecue like I don't like the flavor of barbecue sauce, I don't like barbecue chips, I don't like barbecued anything like I just don't like that taste. it doesn't taste that good to me, so I really really was barbecue repellent for a while, and then I had real, authentic Texas barbecue. And it changed my life. It changed my life. Those ribs, those ribs that just pull apart and they're so tender and juicy and black. (laughs) And the, the sausage, the jalapeno cheddar sausage, yeah. My mouth is watering, and I've been looking at TikToks of Texas barbecue. Honestly, I was doing that 30 minutes ago. And then I thought I should probably stop and, you know, make good use of my time. But I need it again, and I will be willing to go back to Texas just for the Texas barbecue. Um, We also were kind of thinking, we've been thinking about moving. We want to get a house, and I know that's going to happen really soon by God's grace. Not really soon, but soon by God's grace. And so we've just been looking at the housing market. We look at housing market in L.A., disgusting. New York, disgusting. Massachusetts, don't really want to live there unless it was really directly on Newbury Street in Boston. I don't know that I want to live anywhere else. Or maybe Cambridge, actually. We haven't looked at Cambridge. We should look at Cambridge. And maybe we'd like that. Uh, We kind of want a city but, like, quiet at the same time. And so we were thinking, oh, let's also use this trip – as an opportunity to kind of gauge Dallas a little bit, see what's going on in Dallas, see if that's a place that we can move there. Cause Lucas also wants to move to a place where, you know, the arts is really, you know, the art, there's an art community and art scene. I can kind of move anywhere because my job is digitally. You guys, I can record from anywhere, but for him art is important, obviously. So, we were just looking at places with a good arts. That's why Massachusetts hasn't been ruled out, actually. I just remembered. Massachusetts does not have a good arts district. I am so sorry if you're hearing this right now. So, we were thinking, yeah, let's explore Dallas when we go say hi to your family. And we did. We went to some open houses. We went to some um, cute little towns. We went to Bishop's Arts District. And... I don't know Dallas was just not giving I'm sorry if I have any Dallas folk listening maybe you guys can tell me exactly where's the good spot because I feel like you know my vibe you know what I'd like so message me let me know where I'd like and what areas we should look in because where we were looking we just were not catching a vibe and Dallas just gave me nothing it was like you know go girl give us nothing it was giving nothing and I mean the whole of Texas was giving nothing. But I feel like if you're giving nothing, like in the country farmland, like at least that's like it's giving nothing because it's in the country, you know what I mean? It has a vibe. But we were so tripped out because we were in the city, like downtown, and we were getting nothing. We were getting we weren't getting any culture in Dallas. We got a lot of culture in um in Fort Worth in um, Georgetown, which is near Austin, in Justin, Texas, which is a small town that we were staying at. And you know, that par- those parts we did. But we were we were in the heart of Dallas and we were not getting anything. We we're just not getting anything. We caught a little vibe at Bishop's Arts District, but it just wasn't enough to make us be like, mmm, Dallas. Like I'd much rather live in the countryside of Texas than live in Dallas. So someone said that we should check out Austin next time because maybe Austin will have more of the vibe that we're looking for. I don't know. And I don't even know necessarily what vibe we're looking for because we were going around and we kept looking at New York. Like everywhere we went, we were just looking for New York. (laughs) And that's the thing about living in New York City. Everywhere you go, you will be looking for New York City there. It's just it's just the way it goes. So, yeah, Dallas was just giving us nothing, and we did not want to stay there at all. The homes were also they were all right. Some some of them were very beautiful. It depends on how much you want to spend, but yeah, wasn't giving much. I'm sorry. Anyway, so that's what I'm welcoming: Texas, Texan barbecue, some good old Texan barbecue. I'm also welcoming. Substack. i recently launched my Substack. it's called have you died today it's i'm so proud of it because this has been on my heart for forever writing has always been on my heart um i remember distinctly when i was having a conversation with some someone it was like two days before i graduated college and i was having a really deep conversation with this man and he just looked at me not a man he was he was in my grade, I think, or the grade b- below me. I don't know. He looked at me, he was like, You should really write a book. And it, he, f- it was so sincere and genuine. And like, I just felt like he really meant it. He wouldn't say that lightly. And I was like, Wow, thank you. Because that had just confirmed something that was, had been in my heart that I'd never said to anybody ever. Like, I never really said to anybody that I wanted to write anything. And, yeah. So that was like two years ago, a year and a half ago. And then I got the, the idea for kind of, um, a debt to self centered journal book or devotional book, which will kind of be like a, a in between a journal and devotional, but it's like a daily thing because you're dying to self daily. And I toyed around with the concept for a while, but Starting an actual physical book is so intimidating, and I wanted to do a little bit more practice. And then I thought about Substack. I'd been hearing Substack for a while. Lucas's dad has a really great Substack that I read. And then I got into the habit of reading Substacks, and I saw how, well, it's not easy and seamless. But it seems so easy and seamless. So I thought, oh, let me start one, and let me introduce this idea of the journal devotional concept Via Substack. So Substack is a platform. It's a website, an app, whatever, where you can subscribe to people's um Substack Substack channels, and you get whatever they write. You get it in your in your inbox every day, or if you have the app, you get it on your feed. It's kind of like a YouTube, but for like writing. So. Whether it's a blog, whether it's a journal entry, whether it's a diary, whether it's news, whether it's about politics, music, fashion, whatever someone wants to write, if you're subscribed to their Substack, whatever they write, because once you subscribe, you have to put in your email, whatever they write will go into your inbox. And so I have been writing all month long, all month of January writing because i said okay in 2024 i'm starting the Substack because i've been thinking and talking about it for months and january came around and i was like oh i'm not ready to start the Substack and i said okay i'll i'll publish it february 1st and i just kind of gave no thought to it and then one night i just got a loud voice in my head like screaming i was like in the middle of the night just and he was saying just write for five minutes a day. Just write for five minutes a day. It was so supernatural. And like Lucas was fast asleep and it was a loud voice. I'm not making this up. You guys know I won't make it up because stuff like this happens to me all the time. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, you know, God actually does want me to make the substack. So he gave me the idea. A while ago and he was actually prompting me to do it and so ever since then I've been writing for five minutes a day it ends up being 25 30 minutes because I write something and I just I can't stop it's been five minutes a day well I've been writing every day and February 1st I have I now have like so many little devotional prompts I have so many little like devotional type things i'm not sure what to call them because i've been saying devotional but then i've been saying journal prompts but then i'm like is it an a blog is it a blog is it a diary entry like i don't know specifically but once you subscribe you kind of get what it is so it's going to be there's two types there's the free version which anybody can sign up please sign up please just type in your login it's free but the free version, you get um, a couple of the devotionals a month, which I think is still super worth it. And then for the paid version, it's $7 a month and you get it in your inbox daily, like an everyday entry. And it has a little blurb of what whatever God is teaching me, whatever is on my heart. I have so many things that, a lot of little things that I always want to talk about, but I can't talk about them long enough for a podcast episode. It's usually just like something quick that God said and something weird that happened at church or something interesting that I just kind of like had an epiphany about and I'll write it in my notes app. So as you guys have seen, I've shared a lot of stuff like via notes app on my Instagram. So to be kind of something like that, like little bites of whatever God is telling me and then accompanied with maybe a verse or a journal prompt for you to write and reflect on what you just read. And I think it's so cool. I don't know anyone else who's doing this on Substack. I haven't searched. <laughs> but yeah, think of it as like your email inbox Bible plan. So if you want to get them daily, it's $7 a month. and Or $70 a year, which is kind of like... I don't know how that breaks down to like five something a month. I don't know. And then if you kind of just want to support and get access to a couple of the devotionals a month please do so honestly even if you don't read them just having it being sent to you is so so nice to have whenever you know you're just needing a little bit of godly wisdom or stories or anything interesting um yeah you can just look at it in your inbox and that's that's about my Substack. I'm so excited. I haven't felt this excited in so long because I don't know, I haven't started something new in so long and there's so many there's so many kind of like fears and doubts when you want to start something new because I started the channel and then I started the podcast and I started the clothing brand and now I'm starting the Substack and it sounds like oh my gosh, I'm just always starting things and they're always in the works, but I'm realizing that I am just going with wherever God is telling me and I should not be afraid of failing at all or anything because because he is calling me to do these things. And so whenever he says something, I just pick it up and I do it and it doesn't matter if I have a million other things going on for now. This is what I'm doing and I'm still going to be doing all my other things and he's going to be giving me the grace for all of that. And I feel like something like this was just, it just made sense as to who I was. I love writing and sharing things as you guys know, but then also with the concept of death to self and I die daily and all these things that I've been proclaiming for a while, it would be nice to actually put that into practice and have something that is always reminding you to die to self um when you pick up your phone in the morning when you're going to bed at night just like something little to always make you reflect and stuff so subscribe i'm gonna have the link in the show notes and on my instagram um on my instagram link and bio and even the act of sitting down and posting these daily is an act of dying to myself because It's hard, I don't feel qualified, I'd feel that, but you guys already know how it goes. So it's only by God's grace and I'm very excited. It feels very fun to be using a different side of my brain outside of editing and recording and all of that stuff. So I'm going to uh, stop talking, I've been talking for a while now, I'm so sorry. Um, And then I will say, I don't know if I'm exiling anything. I'm not exiling anything, let's just keep it at what I'm welcoming, okay? Okay, okay, okay. First question comes from Kay. I'm going to give you guys initials so that you know what's a question and what's not. Currently in college, do you think you can be a Christian and still party every weekend? No. You have made this question so easy for me. I think the answer is no. (laughs) You cannot be a Christian and still party every weekend. It just doesn't make sense. Like, What are you feeding your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit when you're partying what are you doing at the party? Are you just standing there? You can't just stand there. You're obviously going there to dance and you know, and I also never went to college parties sober, so you're drinking. Maybe you're not, but you know, you are tempted to indulge in some substances. You're listening to music that is that is preaching lust and a lot of secular things and it's just not where you want to be feeding your body. Also, are you going to party and then go to church the next day are you gonna make it to church or are you gonna be too tired from the party on saturday you know like i don't know i think there just should be some boundaries especially if you want to not look like the world and you want to set yourself apart stay away you do not need to be there i'm telling you right now there's absolutely nothing there for you at that party nothing nothing and I'm remembering right now, God is reminding me of something that my friend slash spiritual mentor Sam Boateng said to me or said to us in a, it was in a youth meeting or youth event. And he said that he had a vision of us all partying and there were just like demons going around exchanging destinies at the party, like just giving destinies to us. To be, like just like changing destinies i don't know i don't know if that makes sense and maybe that's a little too like creepy to think about but i always thought about that when i yeah i'm just like there's just too many spirits there that i do not want to you know be in contact with c said when feeling overwhelmed at taking leadership in my church ministry oh i don't know if that's a question but i, I think i kind of know what you're saying um i think ask for a break I think ask for a break. I think that as Christians, there's so much weight on us to when especially when we're in ministry like serving at a church or a leadership or anything that it drives us to burn out and then we start associating God with how burnt out we are in this church or leadership ministry, you know, ask for a break and if your your people around you cannot extend your break for you to go and refill yourself then i would think twice about like who they are to be honest um unless there's absolutely nobody that can do your job then i i don't know that's hard if there's no one else that can do your job and if your job is like super important then I would pray and ask God for strength. That really is the only thing I can say. But a lot of the times, our jobs be, can be delegated to other people, and they're not also extremely important. You said leadership, so I, I assume that you're leading people. I would say ask whoever is above you for just a break, just like a week off or, or two weeks off. There's um the church that I go to in New York City right now, There's a man who's always greeting people at the door. And for like a month straight, he was not greeting people at the door. And you could tell he loves to greet. Like, that's, that's, he's so bubbly and open. And he just loves, loves being the greeter. And whenever that whole month, when we'd go into church and he was not the greeter, he'd always like, they don't want me to greet. They told me to take a break. They told me to take a break. and he was genuinely upset about that but that's just like that's something that i think we should implement as a church culture so people don't burn out and start associating burnout with doing the work of god give people a break look at them and say wow they've been working so hard can they take you know a month off can somebody else do the job i think that's good i don't know biblical stands on that but i feel like you know even God rested <laughs> the the most um cliche saying, but it's true, so ask for a break, don't be afraid to ask for a break, ask for just some time, maybe a week, two weeks a month, hopefully, if you can get that to rest and rejuvenate, okay okay um but I'll also say another thing if you cannot be granted a break um Try and try and assess what it is that you're doing. A lot of times we're doing things that are just absolutely not necessary. See what things you can cut out. Like, is this an extra step or is it actually like dire to the ministry? Is this something that I can just put down for a while? Can I delegate this task to someone else? Rearrange in terms of priority. Yeah. I'm graduating this semester. Any advice for a new grad as a fellow PR girly? Ooh. I love PR. I am, you know, I took a break from PR. I am a PR girl through and through in my heart. I just feel it, especially with what I'm so interested in these days. Um, and maybe if not a PR girly, at least a digital media marketing girly. Come on. Um, I would say read a lot of trade publications. That's my advice to everyone. Read a lot of trade publications, use LinkedIn, like connect, connect. I never speak to anybody on LinkedIn, but connect, connect, connect. Go to a lot of networking events, a lot of PR events, any fashion related things. Just like, or I don't know if you're doing PR for fashion or PR for something else, but try to see what's on your industry, like what's happening in your industry and attend those events, connect with people over social media, follow people that you're inspired by, follow people that you're inspired by, see who they're following, who they're following, who they're following, who they're following you know, and who, who they're following, like really immerse yourself in that world and you will start to see opportunities come up um, around you because you've been fully immersed, you're reading every day, read people who are publishing articles Where are they working? Are they, are their jobs hiring? Or the friend of a friend of a friend, or your favorite brand, who's their PR firm? Are they hiring? Do they have anything going on? And stuff like that. And that's what I've been kind of doing, just diving into the interweb of PR. And that's how I got my PR job without even having any degree connected to fashion. I just looked and seemed obsessed with it. I listen to a lot of podcasts, like The Cutting Room Floor, um, which I think she just took herself off of... Like, I think now you have to pay to listen. I like listening to The Run Through with Vogue. I like listening to... What else do I listen to when it comes to that kind of stuff? Friend of a Friend, Naked Beauty, Business of Fashion... Yeah, those are some of the podcasts I listen to for like the corporate side of me to be nourished. Um, But congratulations on graduating this semester. That is so exciting and you should be proud of yourself. Okay, B said, how to remain cool with someone who is a one-sided friend that you're roommates with. Um, I actually relate to this heavily I don't think that I spoke to my freshman year roommate for <laughs> an entire semester. We slept across from each other every night. I, this is hard because, I don't know, back then I was not like, you know, in Christ. So it was very hard for It was very easy for me to hold a grudge and not, you know, do anything. I don't know what you mean by a one-sided friend, but I don't think that you, I think... Just as you said, remain cool, say hi. If they ask you for something, don't be, you know, don't be hesitant to offer them anything unless they're like asking for too much. And it's like, well, boundaries. But yeah, just say hi, remain civil, remain cordial, smile, don't talk bad about them. Don't talk behind their back. But don't go out of your way to be a friend with them if you know that. They're, like, one-sided to you. Don't go out of your way to, like, overly give yourself to them as a way to win them over. Just keep your distance, your roommates, you know. Find your own hobbies. I know that. I don't know what year you're in, but when you're a freshman, your life is very intertwined with your roommate because that's really the only person that you truly know at the campus. But try to find hobbies outside of them. Find friends outside of them. And only be in your room when you when you're sleeping (laughs) just kidding stay in your room as long as you want don't let your roommate keep you out of your room but i would say yeah just uh smile and be kind and don't hesitate to be generous when they ask for it but don't overextend yourself for them how to put yourself out there and make Christ-loving friends as a graduate feeling isolated, M said. Um, M, I would say that you find a home church wherever you are. Um, find a home church. It doesn't matter where you are. You can find, maybe you're in the middle of nowhere, but try to find a home church. Try to find a a church that you resonate with around you. Start going there and guaranteed you will have some people in that church that you vibe with. And don't be afraid to make friends that you initially think that they actually won't be friends with you. Also, don't be afraid to reach out to people via social media, like asking for like a cup of coffee or anything. If you see any Christian people that are your age, you know, that you are connected with on social media, ask them to hang out. I've i honestly New York City is the number one reason why I started doing this in the first place but I I would have never done this ever if I had not moved to New York City and tried to make friends but messaging people on Instagram it's so humbling because you don't know how they're going to respond and sometimes they don't respond well and sometimes they don't respond at all but 90% of the time they have responded and I have gone out to coffee with them and it's been fun and maybe it didn't lead to a friendship but I can say, I can count, like, a good two or three friends that I've made that way. So, it works. Don't be afraid to do that. And also, yeah, please put some time in finding a church home because I know we all love our online sermons, and I don't know if you're in a church home or not. I'm kind of just making that an assumption. But, I, yeah, the online sermons are not going to cut it when you need community. So... Yeah, and don't be afraid to talk to people after church. Don't run outside after church, like, so ready to go home. <laughs> like, sermon's over, all right, bye. No, stay. Like, Lucas and I, we literally stay at church an hour after church is over just talking to people. And you learn so much about people, you know, after the sermon because during the sermon, you can't talk. So go up to somebody. That's how I met my... um first roommate in new york city she just came up to me after church we hung out one night i found out that she was you know looking for a roommate and then i moved to new york city i was literally in massachusetts at the time so it's just wild how that has happened so go up to people after church like hey i like your skirt i love your shoes be genuine ask them their name you know how are they do you live around here how long have you been coming to the church a said how do i get over a crush quick a crush is just a lack of information you have a crush because you don't know this person that well if you knew them that well would you still have a crush (laughs) just kidding maybe maybe you would um is this man at the feet of jesus if so then Why is it just a crush? Talk to them. My friend had a crush on someone recently, and she was just, like, going in circles thinking about this boy all the time, and we were like, reach out. Message him. Because I messaged Lucas first, and I'm not saying, like, pursue them. Like, don't chase them. Don't be constantly hitting them up, like, trying to win them over. But at least let yourself know that you're available. Like, first thing, is this man... I know when we're young, we don't like to think about marriage or, you know, but I th- I think that relationships should end in marriage. Good ones, not bad ones. And so, is this man at the feet of Jesus? The answer to this question will either remove your crush or deepen it because you think, oh, yeah, they are at the feet of Jesus. Has this man showed me any interest at all? Question number two. Um, Maybe no, but that question also depends. Have I approached him and showed that i am available in getting to know him the answer to that is probably no because you've probably been liking his stories or watching him from afar i would say make yourself you know show him that you're open to getting to know him if this is like a good man that you have a crush on if it's not a board mission um and that can that can either turn your crush into something good or quickly eradicate your crush. Because I was telling my friend, just message him. You know, they go to the same church. He's a godly man. You know, they've spoken so many times. They love the same things. I thought, this could be a match. Message him. Slide up on his Instagram story about something he posted, you know, and start a conversation. Well, the start of the conversation, turns out, he was so dry. And that just shows you when the man is not interested. And that will eradicate your crush real quick. At least it should if you have some dignity. I remember when I didn't have any dignity at all and a man showed me no interest did not stop me from mulling over them day and night. Um, So honestly, just pray. Pray for some dignity and some strength. And yeah, that's all I can say. I had a lot of crushes back in my day. How to not be discouraged by people who don't believe in Jesus and are against God. And this kind of goes in line with another question that said, How do you practically live with love and be a friend to unbelievers and people who don't follow Christ? This is a hard one for me because I have a lot of people, not a lot, but I have I have a number of people, a few, in my life who are completely against the word of God. And when I gave my life to Christ, I thought the number one thing I need to do is get rid of these people immediately. No. I just needed to get some godly friends. I didn't need to completely cut these people off my life. So um, unless, you know, they're doing things that you shouldn't be doing or, like, they're just, like, kind of... I I wouldn't go anywhere with them. I wouldn't do the things that they were doing. But it's not, you know cause for me to cut them out of my life that's pretty weird so and I did do that and I regretted it so I think that how to not get discouraged number one is that you should first of all pray for them that's the number one thing I'm going to say pray for them pray for them that's the only thing you can do you can go back and forth debate after debate you can send them sermons and things like and it just wouldn't change because it's not your strength like in your strength would you have given your life to christ to know in your humanly flesh you wouldn't it had to take god revealing himself to you for you to be where you are today so why aren't you extending that same grace to other people They're not going to do it in their humanly strength. You need to ask God. And pray and pray and pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray even when you don't see results. Just pray. Pray for them. Pray for them. Do not, like, engage in worldly conversations if they are. And and this is to answer the second question, which is, like, how do I practically live and love people that are, you know, against God or not believers of Christ. I think it's really simple. I think that Jesus did it. I think that he loved them. I think that he ate with them, he sat with them. And I know a lot of people use like, oh God ate with sinners to kind of justify themselves like mingling with sinners. But I think the pure and true part of it is that he didn't shun them away. But he remained his true Jesus self and he didn't compromise himself for them, you know. And so what we tend to do is we get in front of people who don't believe and we start to change. We start to water ourselves down. We start to think like them, talk like them kind of dialed down our light so that they don't feel uncomfortable but jesus showed up and said i am the son of god and he remained the son of god in front of anybody else who was watching and so you just remain who you are i don't i don't care what they think about what i think about what i'm saying. If you ask me something, am I going to bring God up? Yes, I'm going to say, I'm going to say God. If you ask me anything, I'm going to tell you the answer and it's God. And I'm going to always dial it back to God. And I'm always going to, not always, I've had to learn to do this through trial and error, not watering myself down, not watering the gospel down, and just truly like being myself, not compromising the word or trying not to at least and very soon you'll start to see that day kind of lean in and if they don't that's okay just be yourself just stay where you are and pray for them and that's all i'll say how do i know if a guy is really interested an interested man acts interested what do you do when you're interested in something you want to know more about them you want to talk to them. You want to spend time with them. You, like, you know, when, when you're interested in something, you're curious. You, you are, you, like, let's say I'm interested in pottery. I'm reading po- about pottery. I'm watching pottery videos. I'm, I'm attending a pottery class. You know what I mean? I'm interested in it. What do you do when you're not interested in something? You don't care to ask anything. You don't care to look into it. You don't care. And so if a man is not asking you questions, he's not starting conversations, he's not asking you to hang out or asking to spend time with you. You know, extreme circumstances, you know, can be assessed here. But generally, if you see that this man does not seem like he is interested in me. It's really black and white though, and we complicate it so much because we want people to be interested in us, and so we we use every little thing as an interest. Oh, they are viewing my stories. They are liking my posts. They followed me back. Cool. They do that to probably eight hundred other people that they're following. Did they ask you something? You know, like did they ask you how your day's been? Did you post something, did they slide up with a genuine interest, like they want to know more about what you're doing, they want to know more about your mind, what you're involved in, you know, they want to spend time with you, like, contrary to popular belief, boys do ask people on dates, boys do ask you on dates, men will ask you on a date. And so, if they're not, they're just not interested in you, and do not take anything less than as that. do not take a a silly little text or hard eyes or a fire emoji. That's not interest; that's lust. If you're interested in something, you want to spend time with them so yeah, that's all I'll say <laughs> I'm just ending with that's all I'll say after I've said like a million things, but okay, um. M said, how do I focus and be present in my current circumstances as I wait on God's promises? Which also goes with another question L asked, how do you deal with waiting for the one? So both of these things are kind of like, how do I, how am I present in life when I'm waiting for either the one or waiting for God's promises or waiting for things? And there's a lot I can really relate to this because I feel like God has given me some promises and day day in and day out. I see some of them, and then there's some that I just have not seen at all. And But I know that it's coming because he does not lie. And so you have to really understand God is not a man that lies. Um, that's not a man that lies. That He's not a man that lies. He, If he said it, and if you're waiting on a promise he will fulfill it that's just one thing that you have to reassure yourself with and that's really the only thing that i did is reassure myself with the promise reread the promise pray on the promise thank him for the promise thank him that he it's coming and it's hard waiting and waiting and waiting oh i've been there i've been i've so been there it's hard waiting and waiting and waiting but he wants to surprise you open yourself up surprise wake up every day expectant be expectant of god i think that we've we've lost our expectancy some of us we we're not expecting anything of from god anymore we've kind of given up on him we have lost our faith we've lost our belief our excitement about god be expectant. wake up and be expectant. then you say joshua salman says this he says goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life so every day you wake up and you expect goodness and mercy to follow you and yeah be expectant but and also and also ready yourself a lot of the times we're waiting for th- something that we're not ready for and like apostle joshua Salmon says once again your blessing knocks on your door every day but it does not find you because it hasn't found the version of you that it's Authorized to bless. And so prepare yourself. If you're waiting for the one, prepare yourself to meet them so that when you meet them, they know that it's you. You know, I, whatever it is that you can do to prepare yourself, maybe it's a job, study, become the best at it. If it's like a hobby or training or certificate, I don't know, spend time readying and preparing yourself so that when it comes, you don't miss it and most of the time god is waiting for you to be ready is there something in your life that's blocking you from being ready maybe you haven't dealt with you know lust yet maybe you haven't dealt with obedience maybe you haven't dealt with surrender maybe you haven't dealt with a lot of things that honestly sometimes you don't even know that you need to be dealing with but god is is using this time to prepare you you don't even know it and so wait um And so trust in his timing, just know that he's readying you as you also ready yourself, however humanly way you can and trust that his timing is good and he knows what's best. And maybe you just needed to hear this to comfort your heart and you write it down and reread it anytime that you need some encouragement because waiting is hard. Waiting is hard and all we can do is encourage ourselves that that he does not lie. So that is all for now. I think I answered all of the questions actually. Don't put yourself on anyone else's timing. God's timing is the best, and whenever he does something, you sit back and realize this is why it was meant to be this way. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm going to Respond to those two questions on my Substack, So the link is going to be down below. Subscribe. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm so excited for this year. I'm excited for February. I'm excited for Black History Month. I'm excited for Valentine's Day. Let's get it. Thank you. Oh, I also forgot to say I went to the Chosen Season 4 premiere last night. It was amazing. Please watch The Chosen if you haven't. Such a good TV show. And I love it because you don't need to have watched the previous seasons to be caught up. Like if you know the stories in the Bible, you will kind of get it once you jump right in. But if you don't know, then maybe, yes, you need to watch from the beginning. But it's so good every episode. So tune in. I love you, I do. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.